suffers from his allies deserting him. I did not desert you. I have men this very moment preparing to track Breda. Yet we sit alone in Everwedge. I'm trying to save you from a battle you will not win. Edward has twice the silver, twice the armies. Now he has mercy. I am not afraid of a man who cannot even protect his own wife. Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So grab an ale, sit back and relax. Let's see how England was born. My name is Blake, and oh boy, I get it now. I get, I get where this was all leading. I get all of it now because Giddy up. you know, because again, this this season so far has been good. I've been, I've enjoyed it, right? Mm-hmm. But now you can see the point of what they were trying to do. Yes, and uh, and I, I have some questions for you, Mary. Okay, about all of this. Nice. Uh, but I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But this episode was a freaking doozy. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's crazy because we've now rewatched it maybe three or four times. And it there's so much that happens. But because we had to be patient with the initial episodes, all the things lined up. So it didn't feel like it came out of nowhere. Right. It was, all, all, again, uh, Mary and Blake Media Commandment, the emotional math and, and even the logical math. It all added up. I, I would still say the only thing that doesn't add up is is uh, Vipika's death. I still feel like that was cheap, the way that it was handled. Other yeah. than that, everything that has transpired in this show so far has led to this moment, and it makes sense completely. I, like, I agree. So before we get into the rest of this episode, we want to remind you that you can actually subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Blake and I. We're particularly social on uh, Instagram and Facebook. We have an exclusive Facebook community. Just search Mary and Blake. And of course, you can go to maryandblake.com to find all the podcasts and blogs that we do. And last, we will want to thank our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. If you're not a member there yet, think about joining. It's for as little as $2 a month. It's less than a cup of joe. And it really makes a huge difference for our family and for this media company. All right. You ready to get into the show, Marvin? You bet. Let's get it done. All right, we got your mini plot recap. Yeah. Do tell us, Mary, what happened in episode 505. Th- this doozy. I mean, of an like, what doesn't happen? I don't know why I keep saying doozy, but it is a doozy. Oh, my flipping goodness. <laughs> okay, so basically, um, Uncle Scar. No, not Uncle Scar. Yeah, he's dead. He's what's long the, dead. What's Phil. the guy's name? Phil. Phil ends up having this plot let's kill the prophet person instead ends up having his daughter accidentally killed and all hell breaks loose different rumors are going around everybody's mad at everybody okay uncle phil 
says, oh, no, the prophet was killed by Danes, by Sid Tricker. Not, Not Uncle true. Phil. Just Phil. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> he got an upgrade in life. <laughs> Phil. Um, but then Uhtred finds out from the cockroach that it actually was the queen that was killed. All hell breaks loose, including Osfer's death. R.I.P. I can't even handle this. The Danes are mad. The Saxons are mad. Edward continues to get her done with, you know, the random lady that he now loves. Um, it's crazy. Craziness. Yeah, that that lady took a turn. Mm-hmm. Did not see that. I mean, we'll we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. But all right. So episode uh, 505. This is directed by Paul Wilmshurst. Mm-hmm. That name should be familiar because he directed 504. And the writer was the showrunner of The Last Kingdom, Martha Hillier. She has written episodes 401, 406, 405, 402, 409, 410, 51, 5255. I'm about I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this is the last time I'm going to start start mentioning what episode she has written mm-hmm. because it's just She's written so many. It's just like, do that on your own time. She's reached Ken Olin and uh, Dan Fogelman level <laughs> yeah. from This Is Us, where it's just like, okay, do that on your own time. Uh, all right. So your shields rating, though, Marvin, how many shields are you giving this episode? Straight up five. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. give that to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still higher than me. I'm at a, I'm at a 497-ish. I really enjoyed this episode. But mm, there's a couple of things that just take it down that like that hun- that couple hundredths of a point that I just I can't I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. Um, but all of this stuff is really good. And, and again, all of the emotional math adds up for this show. All right. You're DPG. You're good. You're bad. And you're great. All right. Let's get into it. My good for this episode you may think is foolish, but I don't care because this is my show. Sid Trigger's hair. Thank the gods. Wait, I thought you were out on Sid Trigger's hair. Exactly. Except he got a new do in this episode when he decided to like, you know, embrace. All right. Now I'm a mad Dean again. He got some braids done to kind of like tidy the situation up since Mm -hmm. the the big chop Mm -hmm. back to sexy hair. Back to sexy Sid Trigger. I'm here for it. I love angry. I want to fight Sid Trigger. I love that he's got some braids. Should I do the same thing? No. I had to do it back when I had a pixie cut and then a mullet. Listen, I've been where Sid Trigger's hair was. Not easy. You know what got me through it? Braids. Sid Trigger's hair. I'm here for it. You're sexy again. We call that the Hugh Grant phase. Yeah. I'm here for you, Sid Trigger. I'm back on board. Giddy up. My bad. Osferth. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of the deaths that happened... Um, that there was that long drawn out uh, shot where young Uhtred has to witness all of the Danes being slaughtered Ooh. and you hear like women and children's voices and it just stays on him for a long time and you are horrified along with him. Just all of that slaying. But then, of course, Osferth. I don't cry frequently mm-hmm. uh, when I watch TV. I cried for Osferth. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Because of Finnan. Yeah, because of Finn. And, you know, I will give the I act- mean, I love Osferth, too. He did a great job. Yes. And the the actor did a great job. In the, and we, he was like, I don't want to die. I yes. don't want to die. Like, that whole thing. Yes. And then Finn, obviously, like, the combinat- you're right, Mary. And I, I just I feel totally so agree. bad for Osferth's life. I'm so happy he was, like, brought into this this fray of, of jolly men. But just to know that, like, he was a bastard. His, mm-hmm. his dad really didn't acknowledge him ever. His brother doesn't really even acknowledge him ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so sad. Uh, and then this is how he has to pass by the hands of Saxons, no doubt. 
Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And he like never gave up his cloth. He never gave up his faith. And that's who he ends up dying at Ooh, the end of. Oh, interesting. Pull, Mary. Oh, Great me. job. Good My job. greats. Yep. Oh, the cockroach lifts. Bam. Oh, my I am so proud of my Heston, <laughs> owner of 30 ships, fertile farms, and fat women. Oh, yeah. He manifested that life. <laughs> Right? Put it out into the universe. Knew big. what he wanted. Little did we know he was a big user of the secret. Oh, my goodness. Law of attraction worked for you, Heston. You know, it was really the positive affirmations every yep. single day that yep. did it for him. I just want fertile farms and fat women. I am, I'm, I'm going to have ships. I'm worthy. I'm worthy of a fat woman. Many fat women. Thank and, you. And a settlement that's much bigger than Utrid's. Yeah. Got it? Got all the jewels off of the queen? Live in La Vida Loca. Oh. And I, and I just love that he's like nice. You know, like, don't worry, little prophet lady. I'm not going to harm you. Yeah, right. Let's clean up this mess because it's not good for us. Take all the gold. Take all the jewels. Like, like holy flippin' smokes, Heston. Doing well. He could have just left. And instead he's like, I'm probably going to go let Uhtred know about this. <laughs> we need an adult. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get involved. Like, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm going back to my farms and my women. <laughs> And my ships. I'm going to manifest that I wasn't here. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but he does the right thing. I'm just so happy for him. How much chicken do you think he's made? Oh, he just has chicken farms. Like all of those fertile farms yeah. are to get like corn for the chicken. <laughs> the, oh my god! The gosh. first KFC franchisee mm-hmm. was Heston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. Oh man! Little did we know back when I called him a cockroach and that he would survive. Oh, that he's become one of your favorite characters. Oh my god! I mean, easily uh, one of your favorite characters. Like one hundred percent. When Mary and I down to a sloppy chicken eating. When when Mary and I watched this episode initially, we watched it separately because it was a circumstance. I forget what it was. Like I think you were away or you were sick or (laughs) something happened. I forget. Whatever. But when I first saw it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You told me to watch it because we planned on podcasting the next day. Yeah. So I watched it without you because you were not feeling well. You had a really bad mm-hmm. headache. So I watched it and I saw freaking Heston and I, I literally jumped out of my seat. I said, oh, my God, Mary's going to be so happy. Yeah. This guy's back. And yep. why I like this character is beyond me. He has done horrible things. But for some reason, when I saw him, a moment of just like, okay, we're home. Like this makes sense now. Yes. It just it just washed over me, and I and I I just oh, it was glory in that moment being washed over me. Okay, anyway, my good. I have a tie as always, Mary. I have a tie, and I know how much you love ties. Mm. First, it is the editing of this episode and one thing in particular and that is phil saying nothing works like the stench of dash death and then it smash cuts right to ailflet his daughter um what a great storytelling device editing editing is storytelling in its own right Mm -hmm. you know it will tell you what to expect who to watch out for who's guilty who's innocent it is a whole art form unto itself. You think that, okay, well, you know, it, things get written and people direct it. And absolutely not. And a famous example of how editing can absolutely kill something is the movie um, The Suicide Squad. I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, you did. Y- yeah, you did. The one with um, 
Jared Leto. And... Yeah, I didn't see it. Sure you did. No. We watched it together. I slept then because I did not watch that. Um, the girl with the blonde with the baseball bat. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, I didn't watch that movie actually. Yeah, we watched it together. Marvin. Trust me. I slept then. Okay. I well, fake fair, watched it. That's fa- fair enough. I'm just saying we were in the same room mm. watching the same screen. What I'm saying is there was a film that My was- My eyes were closed. There was a film that was made and it was written and directed by David Ayer. And David Ayer was, uh, he, you know, he wrote a certain film. And then they didn't, once the success with Marvel happened, DC was like, we want movies, our movies to be more funny mm-hmm. and we want them to be more lighthearted. And what they did was, is they took the film that he created and said, okay, edit this to be more funny. And the editors were brought in from another company entirely, actually a company that makes trailers for films, and they made the film to be more funny and more lighthearted, just out of an edit. And it completely ruined the film. Yeah. So that is how editing can alter a story. And something like this where it says nothing works like the stench of death and it smash cuts to ale fled. That is telling you right away, you may not know it, but your brain does, that something is going to go down with ale fled. And it's going to have to do with death. So when she eventually does die, you look back on that, you look back on that sentence and you just say, oh, whoa, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like, holy smokes. And like all of it works in tandem. I love the art of editing. Um, but also, Heston. Oh. Heston is just great. It's just awesome. Like when Uhtred says to him, not all people change, mm-hmm. and he just laughs. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yeah, we know. Like Heston hasn't changed. Like he has a little bit. Yeah. But he hasn't. Like yeah. he's he's taking stuff off of dead people. Yeah. And and I mean, so would I. I right, but like <clears throat> And Uhtred knows it, and the, like the history these two share with each other is long and storied and vicious, mm-hmm. and yet here they are joking with each other about that, and they can operate on that same level. You know, I I just find that relationship to be um a fascinating relationship, and it's I a, love it. It's a I sign love of, it. It's a sign of fantastic writing for this particular character, mm-hmm. where you can, where Uhtred can make that joke and we can without agree. any context. Yep. And you're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Yep. Like, no, I love it. All he needed was, a, do you have any chicken? I'm hungry. I, yeah, I just no. came here. That's all he would have needed. He actually didn't eat in this episode. No, he didn't eat any. Shocking. <laughs> uh, my bad. I also have a tie for this too. The uh, the first one is when Phil and his guy are talking and they're, they're talking about furry guy. The, yeah. They're talking about like the plan and everything. He's basically the Linus of the Saxons. Like always <laughs> needs his blanket on him. Always. Um, he's like a combination of Linus and who's the dirty kid? Mud pen. Yeah. Right? Or pig pen. Pig, pig pen. Mud pen. Pig, pig pen. There you he's, go. He's a combination of pig pen and Linus. Yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, Linus pen. Line or pigness. Mm, that's, um, uh, nope we won't go with that one <laughs> uh, the, the conversation that they have before he goes to kill the daughter um, it's like the exposition is just clunky and bad and it's like Phil's saying okay you're going to do this and the guy's like yeah I know and then we're going to say that Sig Trigger's men did it and then we're going to do this and the, it's like 
oh, that conversation would not happen. Mm-hmm. That conversation wouldn't go down like yep. that. Yep. Um, and it's only there for the viewer's sake. Mm-hmm. And I hate when stuff like that happens. And it's only because the Martha Hillier, the writer, or any writer, can't figure out a way to get the information conveyed in a way that's understandable to the audience, but natural to the, natural to the characters. Mm-hmm. So they just go, uh, they put they shrug their shoulders, put their arms, hands in the air. They go, uh, well, okay, here's here's clunky exposition time. Um, but the final shot of Ethelhelm, of Phil, when he's like growling and like when he's upset about finding out that she's dead. Yeah, and like I get it. Yeah, but wasn't it a little much? I mean, it was awkward. But you know what I took it as? <clears throat> I mean. That all happened really, really quickly, and he had to switch it. Like, like Pigpen told him, "Listen, man, you gotta like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta deal with this." Yeah. Um. So, you know, I would have made audible weird sounds. Yeah. I really no, I would agree. Have. I and agree. It made me think of um, like some athletes who like when they're pumping themselves up for like a serious thing, they do some weird stuff. You know, no, like, like boxers when they like hit their own head and do mm. weird things like that. So I took it. It was weird to watch, but on the flip side, I actually found it quite believable. No, and I'm not saying that the actions were 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 bad. I'm saying the shot itself, just like a little long, a little long, little like little a little much. But I think on purpose. Like this guy's no, lost it. Yeah, no, he's totally lost it. And I, and I, like I said, I get it. Like I get that he's transforming. Like uh, something in his brain, just a Broke. button. Yeah, like. Something just short circuited, and and the growling and the look and like he's transforming into a monster. Okay, great, I get it. I just it was like I was watching it, and it felt a little bit like Michael Scott, where you're like, okay, this is going on just a tad too long. Um, but I think we're supposed to have that, yeah, because we're not that supposed to feel like normal with this guy. Like, okay, yeah. he's really lost it. He's flipping crazy. Yeah, and I, I also have a cool theory about that scene too, but we'll get into that. Okay. And then, lastly, my great is the shot of uh, Wee Udrid, little Udrid. See, that almost was my bad oh. because I thought that shot was too long. But after multiple viewings of it, I'm like. Once again, we're supposed to feel it. We were supposed to feel yeah. Phil's awkwardness, and we're supposed to feel the horror of Wee Utrecht. Oh, absolutely. I had my noise-canceling headphones on, mm-hmm. hearing the children's screams. Hey, my own. Not okay. Mm-mm. Not okay. So, I, I watched this scene, and I love shots like this because it allows you to just hear it, and then your brain does Far worse than what any show could ever put on, mm-hmm. you know, film. I mean, I'm sure that there's some crazy sick stuff that, you know, some director could come up with. I mean, you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre or no, whatever. I like, I'm, I'm saying if you have, then you, you get it. But, like, the fact that um, Paul Wilmshurst is just, just allows that camera to be on this kid's face mm-hmm. and all that sound and the sound design doing the doing the heavy work mm-hmm. and making you sit in that discomfort making watching this kid's eyes as all of this happens uh it's a transformative moment for this kid 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a moment where you're, it's like almost like Jaws. Okay, it's scarier when you don't see it. And I, I just couldn't, I, and it's just far more effective than just showing people getting run through with mm-hmm. swords. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just better. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you can't always do that. But Agreed. when you do it, it hits hot. Well, and I think too, I mean, they are killing children, a lot of children in this scene. Yeah. And that is something that I don't want them to show. And I'm thankful they haven't shown. I mean, there's a lot of uh, shows, uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Stranger Things, which have had to put like the disclaimers yeah. because of all of the terrible violence in, in schools recently. And so I'm glad I didn't have to see it because mm-hmm. they would have had to probably put up a warning too, just like Obi-Wan and Stranger Things did. Yeah, well, I, and it's I different think they did cause it's that. Not, I think they did that because it was so close in relation to the to their latest school shooting. Agreed, agreed. Okay. But I'm just saying that, like, I'm thankful I don't have to see it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I've seen it too much in real life news, and now I've seen it too much in other shows. And um, seeing it through Wee Uhtred's eyes was enough for me. Yep, gotcha. All right, so I want to come back to my little theory that I have about the Phil situation at the end of the episode. Okay. And, growling weird stuff? Yeah. Okay. And I know it's I, I know it's probably full of crap, but when I was watching it at like the second time, I thought of this and I and I said, "You know what? This is interesting." And that is this. Phil was there and he was about to, to kill himself. He's got the sword, he's got the knife and he's got it right near him. All that went through my head was the quote from the Princess Bride. What? Something about like, oh, that's too beautiful of a bosom to <laughs> waste. You know, you know, when yeah. she's about to do it. Yeah. Um He's got the knife and <laughs> I he's... wanted Pigpen to say that to him. Well, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because Pigpen shows up yeah. and, and he starts like he he kind of he kind of starts giving him positive affirmations. And it worked for Heston. And, and it, so, you know, it works for Heston. Maybe the word about the secrets getting out. Yeah. And Pigpen is is a clot. You know, he's like a low-key secret believer. And I get mm-hmm. it, maybe. But he starts saying this stuff to Phil. And my second go-around, I'm like, is Pigpen actually there? Is is Ooh. is he? I mean, like, he's there as a character, obviously. Yeah. But, like, in this particular situation, is this just like the manifestation of Phil's like ugliness, like convincing him to keep going. Like is, you need to keep crow? going. Yeah. Right. Like, is this, is this, a, 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 uh, like the, you know, the, the devil on your shoulder. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, no, you need, you need to keep going. You need to do this. I know you can do this. You can get it done. You can turn it around, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like none of that stuff felt, um, natural for pig pen to say oh it felt like it you know it needed to happen so they mm-hmm. made him do it but because of that i was like is this person really there is he is jiminy cricket yeah is this person like hmm. not there and this is that thing and phil telling him that the 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 part the part that's trying to come out is this that part and is this is that what gets him to to do that? Because there's also 
and I and I obviously know that this was very intentional. There was also this moment when Phil finally makes the transition. Big Pen ain't there. Like they, you don't see him in frame. Weird. Now again, I I I know this is probably all full of crap, and this is just me going, you know, full, you know. But you're just saying tin watch it hat. that way, and yeah. it's cool. Probably full tinfoil hat, okay? okay? But I'm just saying it's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. And what do you think about that? Cool. Yeah, cool. I would believe that Pigpen would be there and would be doing positive affirmations. I feel like it's hip right now. Mm-hmm. Heston really, you know, <laughs> was able to bring it about. Um, but I think that that's a cool way to look at it. Uh, let's. I want to ask you... Now that we have we're we're halfway through the season, Mary, and you know this is obviously the big emotional halfway there. Uh, th- we're, this is the obviously the big emotional turning point upon which this season rests. I get it, and it's clear now that Phil is the big bad. How do you feel about this little head fake with Brita? as the big bad at the beginning of the season and what that means to the story. Well, I'm still okay with it because Brita being the big bad is against Uhtred. You know, she hurts her, his son. She goes after his daughter. She fights him in battle. Um, and even at the end of this episode, you know, with father Pureleg. Um, she says, take me in because I want to see Uhtred. I have to make peace with Uhtred. So do I think that she's the big bad for all of England? No. But do I think that she's the big bad and the major source of conflict, internal conflict for Uhtred? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you believe her that she's going there to make peace? Or do you think this is like CIA stuff? I'm, yeah, take I don't me even to- think she knows where she is. She is one lost puppy. So at least Father Pierlet can get her some food, maybe a tubby. Um, <laughs> got some new shoes. <laughs> and then she can see Uhtred and she can see how she feels You know feels what, maybe a hydration mask? Yes. I'm sure. You know, I'm all about that. You know, I'm sure that there's been some... Yeah, she has not had a good skincare routine. No self-care. During know. The, you know, you know, you know, know that grief. white paint doesn't do, doesn't do oh, you any good. No, she probably has blackheads up the wazoo. <laughs> Literally up the wazoo. Mm. <laughs> um. Another moment that kind of stood out to me in this episode too was Sig Trigger's brother. When Sig Trigger's coming down the stairs and Sig Trigger's like, come on, Sig Trigger, let me do something. Let me just go do whatever, blah, blah, blah. I can't be here. And Sig Trigger's like, all right, fine, go be on the Vanguard. And the brother looks at the other guy with this, see, I'm the brother. Like, get out of here, guy. Like, mm-hmm. go, get your, go get your shine box. Like, what are we talking about? Do you, are we still, are we still comfortable with this guy? I mean, I honestly don't care. Oh, you want to be on the front line of battle? Perfect. You might die. Great. Easy button. <laughs> I don't care. He's not going to like try to hurt Sid Trigger. Yeah. He's not going to turn against these people. Like he already did that. Yeah. So to me, put him on the front line. See what he can do. What do you think about uh, the whole situation? I, I mean... We've talked about this, I think, a little bit, but do you like how the whole, the spine of what is happening, how Mm -hmm. this has all come together? Like, you know, we have 
Phil instigating these things with yeah. Edward and also Sig Trigger. Like he and he goes to send like the plotting here is a is a little complicated. No, but I like it because I think it's organic. I think that everyone's plotting in different ways all the time. Yeah. You can't plan on other people. You can't read other people's minds. And plans always get messed up. I love that Phil's plans got messed oh, up and now great. I need to pivot. That was awesome. And I love that everyone now is is a complete mess. Like you just watch the news one night and you're like, nobody really knows what's going on. <laughs> That's true. That's nobody knows what's going on with anything. Everyone's just grasping at oh my straws. Gosh, hello, we've got something called monkey box right now. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> right? None of us know what's going on. It's very authentic. Oh, and man. it's fun to watch things like this from a TV. Same thing, like wars. <laughs> monkey pox. Well, no, Not I mean, great, seriously. Bob. Like we laugh, but then again, like we say chicken pox, like it's nothing. Imagine when chicken Chicken pox first came up. People were like, really? We're going to call it a bug a chicken pox. And now we say it like nothing. That's Can't wait till there's like dragon pox. Like, let's get some <laughs> mythical dragon creatures in this. Pox. Right? Unicorn pox. Yep. You just start growing little horns. Would, unicorn pox if it's like right in the center of your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> dragon pox if it burns like fire. What's one oh. other thing? Let's get one other weird thing. <laughs> let's get, let's do it. Uh, Come on. Give me a mythical creature. Just give chi- me anything. A chimera. Oh, that's a stupid one. Come on. That one's Wait, like, that's a stupid one. Yeah, that is a stupid one. Come on. Give me something else. Uh, you, you put me on the spot here. Uh, Fine. Goblin pox. Your okay. nose grows. <laughs> You're welcome, Blake. Goblin pox. Like monkey pox should have been if you grew fur. I know oh. it because it came from monkeys. Wouldn't that be awesome if you turn into the kid from Jumanji? Oh, what do you that got? would be bad. Obviously, I have monkey pox, What bro. do you think, buddy? <laughs> I look like a monkey. <laughs> oh, I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. I, this one, I don't uh, even know what you would call this one. Troll pox. Because trolls would have like pustules and stuff. And you would have bo- boogers come out of you. Yeah, you need to have a runny troll nose. Troll Always. Bogies. Okay, there you go. You're a wizard, Harry. Um, I did not expect Ale fled's death. Did not at all. Did you see that coming? The queen? Yeah, the queen. I don't care about her. I know, but did you see it coming? Like, Yeah, she's useless to me. If you're useless, you die in this show. Women usually die a lot because obviously the main characters are male, which just... <clears throat> well, I mean, yes but, and no. Okay, which women are still living? And I'm not saying... Rita. That- Brita's still alive. That's okay. a big one. She's been alive woman, since, watch since out. 101. I know. That, that's a big one. Because Brita don't mess around. Yep. Though I, I, I don't think that Brita has long to live. I don't think that she does. I, I, I think, mean, this is the last season, so. Yeah, but we got the movie coming, too. So like, She's not a cockroach. I don't, think she, I don't think she makes it past this season. And it's not that... Uhtred kills her. I think it's probably more like she either does it herself uh, or she's in a battle and she croaks. And, that and would then, be, and then that would be lame. That. That's my guess. Okay. But I, I just, I don't know if she, if she makes There's it. not much to talk about the Brita peer like thing. I mean, it is what it is. They're yeah. Like it. he, he, he extends his protection. I'm just really proud of him. I hope he gets an upgrade in life. I hope he gets a medal. I hope he gets chicken, a tub, um, maybe, you know, two months off. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been through a lot. Uh, we finally get a mention of Does he get a wife? He should get a wife. I don't know if he gets a wife. Why not? Let's get him a wife. I'd like to. I'd, sure, why not? Or, or a husband. I don't care. He's, get, get him somebody. He's somebody just a, he, you know, 
love. He's just a badass. That's he what is. it comes down to. But badasses the, need love too. You know Look what? at Sid Trigger. He doesn't. He doesn't have time for a wife. He, you know, uh, he, he definitely doesn't. He's always walking <laughs> with no map. <laughs> walking, no. He needs a dog. <laughs> he needs like the dog from I Am Legend. Yes, I. Except I totally not agree. turning into a zombie. Yeah. Just zombie-less I am legend. Yes. Just roaming and around. I'm a Saxon dog. <laughs> um, a Saxon like shepherd. A, like a bull mastiff. You know, just the, like, or an English bulldog, whatever they are. You know, whatever those English dogs Something are. that can make him happy. Um, we finally get mention of Uhtred's other kid. <gasps> so happy! Right? And, but they kind of give some crap answer about it. It... His Weutrid says, and what about the other kid? Oh, you're not supposed to know about that. Don't talk about it. It'll put you in danger. He'll he'll have his time. What? Yeah. What do you mean it'll put your kid in danger? Like put Weutrid in danger? Why? How is there danger at all? What? Who is looking for this kid? Nobody cares. Yeah. Like it's just it's a very writerly way around. Hey, we have this other kid. We didn't know what to do with them. So, yeah, if you know about him, you're in danger. Like, <laughs> what? But, but on the flip side, I'm so grateful that they've actually acknowledged him. That's true. I, I will. I will ag- agree. I don't with understand that. why he's such a secret and why he's in danger. Well, right. at this point, I do because Breed is going after all of Uhtred's kids. Yeah, but why would he? Why would uh, we Uhtred be in danger for talking about? The nameless kid. I don't know, maybe he's a magician. Maybe he's got something cool about him. Maybe he's got unicorn box. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Um. So yeah, I. I'm, it's a, it's an interesting it's an mm. interesting thing that they did with this with this kid. I I don't know what they're what what they're going to do with him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, what do you think about? Um, well, I have my notes right here. What are we doing, Blake? What are we doing? Where are we? Okay. Uh, I yeah. You know what? Again. Oh, Edward. Edward walking around. Oh my god. People telling him that they killed my family, and then we have Edgefu, the the new girl. I hate her name, dude. Get the, a get a sexy name, okay? Like um, not e- something Esalt. Esalt. Perfect name. Yes. Edgefu sounds like edamame. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. You're a healthy thing. You're kind of fun to eat, but you got a stupid name. You got a stupid name. Edgefu. Sounds like broccolini. No, Edgefu does not sound like broccolini at all. Well, I mean, as appealing as broccolini. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Edgefu sprouts. What's sexier name up? No, I think a tofu. That's what I think. To- exactly. Like, and tofu sucks. No, I don't but care tofu, what anybody tofu's says. Tofu's kind of like no. fun and funky. No, it's not. It's gummy and. No, I'm like, saying the name. Oh, oh. Edgefu. Bush. Ooh. What do you got? What? Like, he- hedge. Sounds like a hedge. Oh, okay. Hedgefu. Oh, it sounds like a, I got the edgefu. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it does sound like Dude, a Dude, I know somebody that had that. Oof, bad. Oh, bad. Dude, the edgefu is bad. Okay, and so it's like, she's not like. She's not bodacious. She don't have the the booby the bubbies or the she's got booty. No bubbies. Okay, no no booty. She has got though some she's no serious. Easel. She has got like serious secret sexy, like girl next door sexy, like Joey from Dawson's Creek sexy. Yes, and I love that she's just like 
You want to know how to get over death? Sex. Just feel me. Just hear me. Just see me. Don't go crazy, King. Don't let this break you. Mm-hmm. Once again, positive affirmations. Yeah. But-, but while you're having sex. So it's like, you don't need to be listening to your noise-proof headphones over and over. Just have your positive <laughs> affirmations spoken to you while you're doing the deed. Little did we know, this, this the, the theme of this episode is the secret mm-hmm. and law of attraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she goes kind of full Lady Macbeth in this episode, and it's a turn for a character that I did not expect. I'm happy for where her. Where she's just like, don't be a good man, be a good king. And just worry about me. And, and, like, Stop worrying about all these other people and just be a good king. Don't let this break you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is some like house of cards kind of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Did not expect that. And then and then Edward shows up. He's like, Yeah, we killed all your all your eldermen. So we're not gonna eat, but you can eat our stuff. And we're just yeah. gonna watch you eat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> How is that supposed to make anybody feel better? How are they going to not think that you like are going to poison them? You're not even eating. You're a murderer. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Last thing I want to talk about is Ethelstan. There's a great moment with Ethelstan when he's looking at Phil. And Phil's saying to, um, to Edward, hey, Sigtrigger's doing this stuff. And by the way... Uh, look at Uhtred. Uhtred's now gone. He's gone to go be with Sig Trigger. And Ethelstan chimes up and says, no, he's not. He's going over there to protect his daughter. Uh, and then he says this, this line, be wiser. And I was like, that is freaking awesome because that alludes to what is coming and it shows as a character, as young as he is already, that he has this air about him that he gets it and he understands machinations a lot more political machinations a lot more than we have given him credit for i thought that was such a great line yeah because it gives you an opportunity to just understand that character just because a little bit more cool stuff man cool stuff all right marvin uh you got anything else for this episode no. No, I think I we're good. good. I think we talked a lot about it. I, I think this is uh this is pretty good. All right, so let's close this bad boy out, shall we? We shall. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, and we appreciate if you're listening in live time for uh, your patience. Moncova continues to kick my butt. And it kind of uh, ruins me some days for the lack of, a, <laughs> yeah. of of saying it easily. So if any of you are dealing with ailments or have a loved one, uh, know that I'm here with you. I'm giving you the Hunger Games three-finger salute. Um, and for those of you who may not have it but know somebody, it is no joke. And it's weird and it's funky. And um, it really is is getting into my life. So I just appreciate your patience as always. Yep. Uh, if, you, if you want, <laughs> last night I took a video of Mary. If you're watching in live, if you're listening in live time, I took a video of Mary and put it up on our on our socials of what she looks like at night <laughs> and the things that she has to do to sleep. Oh, poor girl, 
Poor girl. That's me. I'm just lucky she loves me. That's I'm a all. mess. Anyway, yeah, go to maryandblake.com. Check out all the great podcasts that we have there. And of course, join the nerdclan.com for all of the people who are very special to our hearts and making sure that this podcast and Mary and Blake Media in general keeps going. In fact, you wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for the people at jointhenerdclan.com. So go there, check it out for all of the unique content that you can get only there. And have all of the people there for that community. It's a lot of fun. I'm back to doing Blake's book club for Voyager uh, in the Outlander series. It's written this time. It's not uh, you know, recorded as it was before, but it is there. People are loving it. It's great time. So go check that out, Blake's book club at jointhenerdclan.com. That's it, my love. That's what we got. That's it. All right. Well, my name's Mary. My name is Blake. Destiny is all. <laughs>